And I'm very passionate about helping other women, especially helping women of color. I'm very passionate about helping us to access important resources just for the necessities of life and raising up our families to be healthy. Greetings, apreneurs. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Secrets Podcast, the show that uncovers the secrets to win with books beyond book sales and dominate entrepreneurship. Through exclusive author interviews, stories, and must-have resources, you will discover some of the secrets and strategies to thrive with books and generate lasting income. I invite you to become an Entrepreneur Ambassador and join me in my mission to raise up 10,000 Caribbean entrepreneurs by 2030. Spread the word about the podcast and encourage more people to increase their impact and income with books beyond book sales. Without further ado, let's get into the show. It's the Entrepreneur Secrets Podcast and I'm your host, C. Ruth Taylor. And today I have with me another inspiring author interview. I have with me Imani Ackerman. She calls herself a Bible geek. She's a licensed minister turned entrepreneur and author. She's also a grant writer. She's the wife to a handsomely bearded youth pastor. And she's also a mother. She's based in New York. But I brought her here specifically because of her story, going to school, being a mother, and the title of her book, How to Have It All, where she shares the secrets of the Proverbs 31 woman. And I want to say welcome to the show, Imani. Thank you. Thank you so much. I am so grateful for the opportunity. You are literally doing such amazing work all over the world with your podcast and with your platform. So thank you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I am just simply honored to have you. Um, your father recommended that we connected some time ago. He's also an author, coachman. And uh, now, after so many years, we are finally doing it. So this podcast is primarily Caribbean based. And so I want to know, have you ever been to any part of the Caribbean? Do you have any Caribbean connection? Tell our audience. Yes. So um, definitely been to parts of the Caribbean. My mom is actually Jamaican. So ah. <laughs> my dad's Guyanese, which, you know, they lump in with the West Indies. Um, but yeah, so I've been to Jamaica a few times and to visit family. And then the one I went one time for a missions trip as a high schooler. And that's where my husband and I became friends. We were in youth group together. And that's when I... You know, okay, if I may, a funny story. So my husband, he's he's Caucasian, he's white, but he, I think he's more Jamaican than I am in the sense <laughs> that his uncle's wife, his aunt is Jamaican. And before we were going on this missions trip together, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, first of all, I'm the only black girl going on the trip. I'm the only one of Jamaican blood descent going on the trip. So I'm bragging about the food and I'm saying, oh, I can't wait to have curry and this and that. And then my now husband says, this this white boy, oh yeah, I can't wait to have ackee and salt fish. And I look over at him, what do you know about ackee and salt fish? And he's like, oh yeah, my aunt is Jamaican. And then my eyes were just like, who is this man, Jesus? Yeah, anyway, the rest is history, but love Jamaica and hoping to go back this year for our 10th 
anniversary hoping to go to Jamaica. Oh, congratulations. But you know, our motto says out of many one people. And I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of persons only think of Jamaicans as black people. And yes, 90% of us are of African descent, but we are out of many one people, Europeans, you know, Indians. And that reminds me of my mission trip in, when I was in Zambia in 2013, we had a white missionary there from Jamaica on the trip. Wow. And, you know, oh even as Jamaicans, you know, out of many one people, but every now and again, sometimes when you meet, you know, the white Jamaicans, you're like, are you really Jamaican? So I, I totally get it. I yes. totally get it. All right. So talk to us about your author journey. How did you get into writing? Writing has been a gift um, from God from when I was very young. My mom said that in kindergarten, I wanted to write my own letter to Santa. I didn't want to use my my teacher's template that she gave everyone. So I've been writing my whole life. And I look back and I realized that was definitely God-given. I couldn't teach someone else how to write because I just, it just is natural. But yeah, I've always found a way to write stories my own story through through writing and so that's how i actually started out with a blog and it evolved and a bible study and it evolved into me writing my first book so that's how i became an author and there are persons who convert their blogs to books because even sarah jakes roberts it started out as a blog and then eventually a book and it has blossomed into such an amazing woman evolve movement and you as a woman you have been evolving before we get into the book tell us a little bit about your personal journey of evolving as a woman wife mother and then we can segue nicely into the book sure first of all to even have sarah jakes roberts name dropped in this podcast in this episode i'm just ah, i love her so much um so I grew up as a young woman in the church, had some different challenges as I became a teenager, um, difficult situation with my parents, and um, decided to, not that I, I don't know that I had an understanding of salvation in Christ, but I walked away from what I knew was right, what I was brought up in as a young Christian. And so I actually did a lot of things that in relationships as a young lady and found that I was pregnant as a teenager. And that was the moment when I realized, okay, I really need God's help. But then I also realized I can't just ask God for forgiveness. I can't just live my life and just say, oh, hey, can you forgive me? And that's when I it really clicked for me. Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And he did that in advance of my life and everything he knew I was going to do so that when I was ready to ask for his forgiveness and for a second chance at life, that he would give it to me. So I gave my life to Jesus. I repented and asked for forgiveness. And my whole life changed from then. It's really amazing. Um, I went from being very ashamed in my choices, broken, hurt, abused, and really coming to learn to love myself, learn to self, set healthy boundaries. And then I decided, okay, what else should I do with my life aside from 
telling everyone about this love that found me and changed my life completely. Um, and really people who, who know me from high school would look back and say, you became a pastor. That's, that's how big the transformation was knowing the things that I was involved in. And I went into the ministry right out of high school. I said, Oh, I'm, I'm going to share about Jesus. That's the only thing I know that makes sense. From there, my husband and I went into youth ministry and, uh, we got married very young. I was 21 and, we went on to have our first daughter and then a few losses in between um, our first daughter and our second daughter. And um, there's a whole story behind me going back to school. I don't know if you want me to share that now, but God has been so faithful in my life through the ups and downs. He has just showed me that he is present and I would not be who I am without the Lord. And I'm very uh passionate about helping other women, especially, um, helping women of color. I'm very passionate about, um, helping us to access important resources just for the necessities of life and raising up our families to be healthy. Um, and so that's why I do all that I do. Wow. That's quite a mouthful, but it's so inspiring because you were talking about Sarah Jakes Roberts, but you have something in common with her. You both were um, teen mothers and then having to overcome that. And then you said you, you gave your life to the Lord, went into ministry. We have that in common because I was just so, you know, into ministry for years, being a missionary and, uh, Part of my challenge was always, okay, there's the missions, but yet I feel called to business and things like that. And uh, and I've been single for the past seven years, so <laughs> I've not been looking into relationships um, since my broken engagement. But sometimes I do struggle with the thought. And I've seen examples, like when I watch hidden, hidden figures, that these are brilliant scientists, women of faith. And they held it down in terms of having a family. And so my my thing sometimes is, can you have it all? When a husband comes into the picture, but how do you run a successful business? I still preach and teach. And then um, would I be able to handle a family? Which is a nice way to segue into how to have it all. So talk to us about that book and and how we can have it all. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that look like? Or you seem to have it all. <laughs> so it's interesting the way that book came about from a time when in ministry, I was feeling this pressure to just be home and just be a mom. After we had our first daughter, um, just the environment that we were in was not conducive to me using all the gifts that I have. I'm very creative. I'll come up with a million ideas. I love the church where I'm at now because they give us a lot of space to try things. But they said, oh, you're, you have a baby. Just sit down. Just, just in time, it will happen. Not realizing it was kind of a form, I believe, of oppression. Just really trying to keep me from walking fully in what God called me to. And I remember God was so good in drawing me to him in those moments of frustration and 
my relationship with him grew significantly just from spending time with him. So I'm having this blog and I'm having this Bible study and I decide to start looking into the Proverbs 31 woman, who's this woman that either you admire her or you can't stand her because she can do all of the things. And a lot of us are out here struggling to like juggle work and life and friendships and different things. But I remember being very intrigued by her and as a Bible geek, just asking questions and realizing, wait a minute, this was not a real woman. This was not someone who this is not like the checklist of this woman who actually existed, but this is this mother who's speaking to her son who is going to be a king. And she's saying to him, hey, this is the these are the kind of qualities you want in a wife. And I started to look at the background of it, the who it was even written for. The Proverbs 31 was technically written for men and even calling men to the standard of, hey, if this is the kind of woman that you want in your life, what kind of man should you be? So I was looking at all of these different things and I said, I, I want to see this turn into a book. Now with How to Have It All, I realized that God basically through the Proverbs 31 woman was not necessarily saying to us, hey, you need to be doing all of the things and doing it perfectly, but that you have permission to explore all of the different things and use all of the different gifts and the different opportunities that God gives. And so it's very interesting because at the time when I wrote this book, I was a stay-at-home mom. I was in ministry, but not super as active as I wanted to be, but just spending this time with the Lord. And it's almost prophetic, I believe, that God allowed me to write a book. And I even said to my husband as I was publishing it, that um, this book is going to be a breakthrough for me. I didn't realize that I was writing a book that would be a manifesto for myself on, girl, go for all the things. Why not? God can do anything. You might be tired. <laughs> you might need help and support. And even in certain parts, the Proverbs 31 woman had a huge support system. So these are the different things I wanted to break down. And just to encourage women, you don't have to be limited. There is an example in scripture of this woman who is unlimited and you could be her. You could be the real life version of the Proverbs 31 woman. Wow, you're dropping some gems on me. I never thought she was not a real woman. I knew it was the, the mother speaking to her son saying, this is the, the, the kind of woman you want. But I did not know, you know, it's it's like the Lord's Prayer that we pray. It's not really a prayer. It's supposed to be a pattern <laughs> to pray. And so, wow, it, it's, it's an indication like, yeah, this is the kind of woman you can be. And that, that, that passage is there to me like it is to a lot of women, especially in business where it talks about the fact that she finds land and, you know, she turns the thing into a profit. Yes. <laughs> so coming from a missionary background, I've used the Proverbs 31 woman to say, it's okay to profit. You don't have to give away everything because I used to have a problem pricing things and, <laughs> you know, trying to give away everything and then the business wasn't flourishing. And then she looks towards the future without fear and her worth is far above rubies and all that kind of stuff. So, wow, it's a typology. 
and saying that you don't have to be limited. What are some of the other secrets? Not everything, because we want people to go read the book, but what are some of the other groundbreaking secrets that you found from this Proverb 31 super woman? Yes, so it's interesting. The more, even though I've written the book and published it, you know God's word is living and active. And so I continually go back to Proverbs 31 just for God to confirm to me hey, am I making the right move in this way and in that way, especially developing a business? So all of that to say, Miss Ruth, that we need to, uh, I need to work with you to work on a couple more Proverbs 31 books, just letting you know. Um, but one that really was powerful for me, um, one of the first, um, when you look at Proverbs 31, it starts at verse 10 and then verses 11 and 12 talk about the husband's confidence in her. And for me, that was very impactful because I saw that basically, especially being in an environment where I was looking for the approval of man, ultimately God was saying, hey, you're covering, like that's the main person who you need to be in agreement and in alignment with, my husband being my covering, or it could be a pastor or someone else who is just an influential leader in your life who God has placed in your life. I would even say, some of us don't have personal relationships with our mentors. We might know them through like books and different things, but the Proverbs 31 women having that covering allowed her to flourish. And so, so it was important for me to have my husband's covering so that when he says, yes, Imani, go for it, then I was going to, then I was going to just run with it. And it also goes on to say that he has no need of spoils. So I recognize that when we have that covering and support to pursue the things that God has put on our heart, we plunder the enemy. We plunder, it says has no need of spoils. So spoils is like the plunder, the leftovers of a battle. So by us living in our purpose, we reap these spoils for our family that our husbands are the people connected to us don't have to go out and get these things. It's very, very powerful for a woman to walk fully in her calling and in her gifts and the things that God has given her to do. So that was huge for me. And it continues to be huge for me. Wow. This is, this is so huge. I feel like I need to sit at your feet and just <laughs> learn all about the Proverbs 31 woman and just about, you know, women having no limits. So I want to thank you for writing that book. And as you talk about the book being prophetic, sometimes as you write, it's not just you writing, it is God giving you a message for you that you can go back to and also a message that benefits others. And so if there's a woman out there struggling, especially Christian women, because the church is still divided as it relates to the role of women, what women can or cannot do. And they're wondering how far can they go? What word would you have for them? God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to his power working in us. Like he wants to do unlimited things through us. And so, yes, I, I empathize with that, uh, the limitations that the world and sometimes the church puts on us. But if you can see it in your mind, if you can imagine it, God can do more. So um, I would say 
prayerfully go for it. Like invite the Lord into that process of, I have this dream. How do I bring it to fruition? It might change along the way, but I can promise that it will be better than what you even dreamed. Um, There are things that I once thought, oh, I really want to do this and started and started to take those steps with the, with the confidence in God and God has changed my, turned me to point in the direction he wants me to go along the way. And that's not necessarily in a bad way. It's for more. I don't know if there's a better way to say that. Um, So yes, prayerfully hide yourself in the Lord so that when you have these dreams, you are not put off by naysayers, by people who are just not, don't have as much faith, maybe have never seen it done. Hide yourself in the Lord to hear from him and with his blessing, go for it. You like, you can't fail with God, truthfully. (laughs) I love that. How has writing this book changed your life and how have you been using it since? I remember when writing this book that I felt I struggled with um, self-sabotage, that I struggle with people pleasing and that has been a process um (laughs) but I remember feeling like I would commit to doing things or this was actually not necessarily that I did this but it was spoken over me that I would commit to doing things and not follow through on them and so this was for me proof that if I say I'm going to do it I'm going to do it now my this is I'll say even the first edition, I'm, I might, I might republish it. It's not, it's not perfect. And it was done quite rushed. Um, I gave myself this deadline that I was very committed to um, completing, fulfilling. And I needed that because I needed to prove to myself that you, you are very capable of going after the dreams that you have. So that was huge for me, just hitting publish and getting it out into the world. And then it was just another level to see like that God would use the insights that he gave me in my time with him and use my story to bless other people, to see my friends and people I love and people who I didn't even realize were connected to me holding my book in their hands is very powerful and yeah awesome i love it and don't worry about it not being perfect my first book wasn't perfect <laughs> in fact i only saw a copy of it like moments before this big launch where you had more than a hundred people <laughs> waiting and there were errors you had copies that some <laughs> pages were upside down <laughs> And that the numbers weren't where they're supposed to be. And, you know, um, four years later, I republished it, changed the title and everything. But it's part of the learning journey. What it did was to give me a platform to expand my ministry and to take my message from just a small place to the masses. And that's exactly what your book is doing. I mean, it the, the title, in terms of title, the title in itself is effective. It's a message in itself and so I want to encourage you I I think having a revised edition would be good because this was a prophetic message to you and now you are living it so you know the updated version can how you began to see yourself taking off the limits (laughs) so maybe it's time for a revised edition that's okay (laughs) 
I receive that. Amen. That is awesome. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, that's what I keep telling folks. It's not just about selling, but a book is the perfect platform for ministry to amplify the ministry, to take the message from the four walls to the world. And that was one of the things that pushed me personally into publishing. But this interview is about you. <laughs> Although it is ministering to me, it really is about you. So you're not just into ministry. Recently, you shared about graduating and the new field that you are in. So talk to us about that. And then where can we find you and all that you do? Sure. So the amazing short story is that after publishing this book, um, I actually published the book while I was pregnant. Um, and I had had, I want to say, a couple of losses before that, um, which also, to clarify, my first pregnancy as a teenager was also a loss. So this is a part of my story. I have a lot of empathy for moms. Um and just women in general. But I was pregnant when I wrote the book and I had and I had a loss right after publishing it. And I remember being on such a high and then feeling such a low. And I just knew it was the enemy just trying to discourage me. And my husband and I were talking about, okay, I have been feeling this pressure from different voices in my life. Hey, you're a mom, focus on that. But knowing that God had more for me to do. Motherhood, huge ministry and calling, but also knowing there were other gifts that were being underutilized. And um, my husband and I, again, modeling it out, the prophecy of, hey, underneath your covering, you're going to go in and reap these spoils. And so um, we talked about, okay, I'm not, I don't want to wait anymore be, until I have kids to continue with the things that God is calling me to. I think I should go back to school. I didn't have a college degree because I went right into ministry school and got my licensing. Um, and so I said, I think I should go back to school and I'll study English because I was, I'm a writer, path of least resistance. And my husband said, okay. And we said, what if, like, are we going to remain open to possibly having another child? What if I get pregnant while in college? And he said, we'll work it out. We'll figure it out. So I got my college acceptance and a couple weeks later found out I was pregnant again. And so it was like, do I not go to college? No, we're going to stay committed to the path. So by the time um, fall of freshman year came around, I started out six months pregnant with our second daughter and had her right before finals, came into my finals, <laughs> had her on campus, breastfeeding, had my older daughter in daycare on campus. Um, and so just have had this amazing journey and a prayer that I prayed when I was 18 years old, it was an audacious prayer. It wasn't even an ask. It was a God, this is what will happen. And I said, I will have a debt-free college degree. That was when I was 18 years old and not in college. And so years later, um, I did really well. I wasn't sure what my financial situation would be. So I said, I'm going to get all A's and I'm going to apply for scholarships. I got a full ride to my four-year university. And I recently, just a, a couple of weeks ago, graduated with my bachelor's in English, no student loans, no debt, completely paid off as a mommy of two. And along the way, found this amazing career that I love 
Um, I basically write scholarships for businesses and nonprofits. That's what grants are. And so there are specific guidelines that they have, and some are very intense. Some are from private foundations. Some are from the federal government, and those are really intense. But I'm looking to basically use grant writing as a way to fund the things that I'm passionate about, helping moms, helping children, helping people get these affordable college degrees. That's something that changed my life. So basically, all the little elements that God has put into my story and the different resources he's connected me to. I'm looking to help other organizations provide those resources for people like me. So that's my grant writing journey. Been a really blessed career. So yeah. And that's one of my businesses. Awesome. So if we want to um, get grants, where can we find you and where can we find your book? Yes. So I am on LinkedIn, developing my website and my consultancy and grant writing. You can find me on LinkedIn at, um, when you put in linkedin.com slash in slash Imani dash Ackerman. Um, and let me know that you were connected to me through Ruth's Entrepreneur okay. Secrets. Yes. And then my book is on Amazon, How to Have It All, The Secrets of the Proverbs 31 Women. And you're also on Instagram. What's their Instagram handle? Yes, my Instagram handle is the Imani Ackerman. I have changed it a few times and someone named Imani Ackerman came and took it. Who knew there were other Imani Ackermans in the world? But yes, the Imani Ackerman. All right, thank you so much. This has just been such an inspiring interview. And I trust that my listeners, you have felt the same way. And so I'm going to invite you to give me your feedback. You know, the podcast is on YouTube podcast. So you can go there and leave a comment. We'll be sharing um, snippets on LinkedIn and the regular podcast channel, um, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever podcasts are aired, we are there and we'd like to have your feedback. I just love this um, interview and all that Iman is doing. And I know the best is yet to come. So thanks again for coming and uh, talk more soon. Thank you so much. God bless. Thank you. God bless you. Fremont Jamaica Limited is pleased to be associated with Ruth Taylor. And as part sponsor of your podcast, we want to congratulate you on the launch of your podcast. Certainly, the power of a good example cannot be underestimated. And what we believe you will do through this new podcast will be very valuable, not just for Jamaicans and for Caribbean people, but people all over the world. Certainly, the work you're doing through Extra Mile Innovators as well as through your work as an entrepreneur is an excellent thing. And so we're pleased to be associated with this as a company and wish you all the best and every success for what you're seeking to accomplish through your podcast. Again, congratulations to you from Frame Art Jamaica Limited.